Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Give them a call. Find out more by visiting johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. Visit lifeinnaples.net. We have terrific guests for today's show, including Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. Boo Mortensen will be joining us. I always appreciate the lighter side of our conversation. We'll also visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. And my wife, Linda, who writes uh, Greetings from Paradise, will be with us as well. It is December the 8th, and on this day in 1863, President Abraham Lincoln offered his conciliatory plan for reunification of the United States with his proclamation of amnesty and reconstruction. By this point in the Civil War, it was clear that Lincoln needed to be make some preliminary plans for post-war reconstruction. The Union armies had captured large sections of the South, and some states were ready to have their governments rebuilt. The proclamation addressed three main areas of concern. It allowed for a full pardon from restoration of property to all engaged in the rebellion, with the exception of highest Confederate officials and military leaders. It also allowed for a state government to be formed with 10% of its eligible voters when they'd taken an oath of allegiance to the United States. And third, the southern states admitted in this fashion were encouraged to enact plans to deal with the freed slaves so long as their freedom was not compromised. In short, the terms of the plan were easy for most southerners to accept, Though the emancipation of slaves was an impossible pill for some Confederates, Lincoln plan, Lincoln's plan was charitable considering the costliness of the war. With the proclamation of amnesty and reconstruction, Lincoln was seizing the initiative for reconstruction from Congress. Some radical Republicans thought the plan was too far, far too easy for the South, but others accepted it because the President's prestige, <laughs> prestige and leadership were high. Following his assassination in April 1865, the disagreements over the post-war Reconstruction policy had led to a heated battle between the next president, Andrew Johnson, and Congress. And indeed, uh, tempers were high. It reminds me of what's happening right now in the United States. Well, the federal Florida Department of Health reported 100 new cases of COVID-19 and one additional death in Cuyahoga County uh, yesterday. Collier's moving seven-day average of new cases is 171 through Sunday, more than double the average on November the 1st, which was 82. Monday, there were 89 patients in COVID uh, in the hospital from COVID-19. According to data from the Florida's Agency for Healthcare Administration, that's five fewer patients than there were reported at approximately the same time on Friday. Five fewer patients, more cases. So what do you make of that? Uh, what I make of that is, uh, I would say it's a sh- short sample for sure, but uh, you know the, the real measure here is what we're doing with, with regard to health care. And if people are getting sick and dying, they're going to end up st- taking a stay in the hospital. Well, that doesn't seem to be happening right now. We'll keep this, uh, we'll be watching this carefully. Back in late August, the New York Times ran a remarkable story citing mainstream scientists and experts that concluded that based on data obtained from three states, 85 to 90 percent of positive COVID tests were people who were not infectious. Take that in. 85 to 90 
5% positive cases were not infectious. They were uh, right uh, back to hyping case counts anyway, and nobody followed up to fix the problem, identify the problem uh, with those that are truly infectious. Well, finally, our governor has taken this step. I'm not going to explain everything that he's done here, but basically he said that uh, we have to report all cases uh, where the testing may indicate uh, that there is there is no transferability. It's it's not contagious. There's this thing called the PCR or the uh, polymerase chain reaction that is measured, and apparently you can measure certain types of viral infection that uh, don't exceed the threshold for being sick. So we all carry around. You know, I think it's interesting that we all have more. Uh, bacteria on us than we actually have cells so that's all around us right now and uh, i appreciate what the governor is doing because he's saying let's let's not hype this fear let's not have the f fear pandemic let's keep it all in check with uh, real results and measure the real results for what's happening with regard to infection and the virus according to a new gallup poll america's mental health has deteriorated to the worst point it has in two decades only 34% of adults say their mental health is excellent, down from 43% last year. Experts said that while our mental health has suffered this year, likely due to the coronavirus, our physical health hasn't changed substantially, according to the latest numbers. However, the nine-point decline in mental health ratings has healthcare officials worried. It should worry all of us. We should take into account what this pandemic is doing to our physical health and has other consequences when we're masking up and having lockdowns. I so much appreciate the governor's position. He's taken a lot of heat from a lot of folks uh, for not uh, having a mask mandate and other types of reactions. At schools in Illinois, the, uh, the teachers union is saying we well, should close the schools, and it's uh, <laughs> xenophobic and racist to open the schools. Can you believe it? So grateful, too, that our schools are open. It was actually a proclamation by the Commissioner of Education to keep our, to have our brick and mortar schools open and school boards to come up with the plans. By the way, I think our school board did a pretty good job of coming up with a plan here in Collier County. President Donald Trump will sign an executive order ensuring Americans have access to vaccination before foreign nations. The order, which is expected to be signed today, falls in line with the president's America First approach. Uh, the the, uh, by the way, the Pfizer and BioNTech submitted their application for emergency authorization of their vaccine three weeks ago. Authorization for the vaccine could come as early as this Friday. Healthcare workers, the elderly and vulnerable people in the long-term care home facilities and retirement homes will be prioritized uh, upon the vaccine's rollout. I, for one, am going to take a very careful look at, find out all I can about the vaccines. First of all, there's a choice. And uh, the governor cited not Johnson & Johnson as having uh, a, a vaccine that we should take a look at. Irrespective, I have uh, real concerns about vaccines, especially with this fast rollout of it. I may be one of the last, if I, take, if I get the vaccine at all, to uh, get this vaccine. Uh, take a look at the work of Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Uh, and the work that he's done with regard to vaccines. Uh, pretty amazing stuff. Goya Foods, uh, CEO. Uh, selected Representative o Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez as the company's Employee of the Month earlier this week after she fanned the calls for boycott the, eth the ethnic food manufacturer and spiked its sales tenfold. When she boycotted us, our sales actually increased a 1,000% 1, 
So we gave her an honorary. We were never able to hand it to her, but she got Employee of the Month for being bringing attention to Goya in our food uh, chain. He also said Ocasio-Cortez was not the only Democrat to call for the boycott. Former Housing and Urban Development Secretary Julian Castro also decried uh, the uh, president of the company, accusing him of praising a president who villainizes and maliciously attacks Latinos for political gain. Americans should think twice before buying the products from Goya. He actually said that. I'm not kidding. And, uh, of course, the, the percentage of people and Latinos who voted for Trump was way up. What's he thinking? And what's she thinking? Employee of the Month, AOC. Congratulations, AOC. <laughs> sure, that's an award she didn't want. President Trump spoke with liberal reporters uh, at the White House after he, was, he honored the U.S. wrestling champion and Iowa hockey wrestling coach, Dan Gable. President Trump did not appear worried at all. He told reporters, it's a disgrace in our country. It's like a third world country. These ballots pouring in from everywhere using machinery that nobody knows ownership. Nobody knows anything about. They have glitches that are, aren't glitches. They've got caught, caught sending out thousands of votes, all against me, by the way. You should, uh, you know, this was like a third world nation. And I think the case has been made. And now we are, we'll find out what we can do about it. But you'll see a lot of things happening. Over the next couple of days, said the president, and he's absolutely right about that. The state of Texas filed a lawsuit directly with the U.S. Supreme Court shortly before midnight on Monday, challenging the election procedures in Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin on the grounds they violate the Constitution. Texas, for example, argued that states violated the Elector's Clause of the Constitution because they made changes to voting rules and procedures through the, the courts or other executive actions, but not through the state legislatures. Additionally, Texas argues that there were differences in voting rules and procedures in different counties within the states violating the Constitution's Equal Protection Clause. Finally, Texas argues that there were voting irregularities in the state as a result of the above. Texas is asking the Supreme Court to order the states to follow their legislatures, uh, to allow their legislatures to appoint their electors, Texas approached the Supreme Court directly because Article 3 of the Constitution provides that it is the court of first impression on subjects where it has original jurisdiction, such as disputes between two or more states. And I think they have standing here. Some would say, hey, well, how come uh, Texas gets to sue? Because they've, they've got nothing to do with these other states. Well, they do because the fraud that occurred in these states certainly nullifies uh, the, the good votes and the integrity of the vote in Texas. I think this is great. There are other cases, too. Arizona, Wisconsin, lots going on this week. And, and I have high hopes that we're going to get some positive results here uh, when uh, these uh, courts meet. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples Visit lifeinnaples.net. That's the website. Coming up, we're going to visit with our state representative, Kathleen Pasadomo. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, 
Fabulous food and a rockin' good time, Lulabee's Diner's a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabee's.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York style theater at its very best and preparing to build a brand new performing arts center in the middle of downtown Naples. You can find out more by visiting gulfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us our state senator, Kathleen Pasadomus. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Kathleen. Hey, I understand you're in Tallahassee this week. I am. I am. Uh, you know, we, we start our committee work in January, but um, President Simpson, and this is kind of unusual, actually, has, is calling all the newly appointed committee chairs uh, to come up, you know, one by one to meet with him and me. Uh, and our appropriations chair, Kelly Stargell, and the pro tem to, to talk about what they want to accomplish as a committee. And, and that's kind of unusual, actually. I've been, I've chaired committees over the years, and that has not, I think that only occurred once uh, in my, either House or the Senate. So it'll be very interesting to see what these new chair, uh, chairmen and chairwomen are, are uh, considering. It will be interesting, and uh, what does he hope to accomplish? Uh, to streamline the process, or what's, what's he, what does he have in mind? I, well, first of all, you know, the, the whole committee uh, process is, is interesting, and that is the president, you know, we have like 22, I think, committees uh, that, you know, appropriations committees, uh, you know, subcommittees and a main committee, and then we have policy committees in different silos. Um, so take, for example, one of the biggest uh, uh of interest committees is education committee and the education policy committee this year will be uh, chaired by uh, Senator Gruders. 
So we're going to sit down with him and, and ask, you know, where, what do you see the state um, moving in direction dealing with education um, from, you know, the expenses that we are going to incur, particularly in this economic downturn, mm. uh, you know, uh, K through 12 uh, program issues, universities, um, things that, you know, he would like to accomplish um, at this session. Mm-hmm. And uh, then as the rules chair, as bills are filed, I would be, re- you know, making references of, of those bills that relate to that silo, the different to different committees for review. Mm. Um, you know, and there's a direction that this, that the legislature is going to have to take because we have, um, you know, we have a, a budget deficit. Um, it's, it's not as great as we originally thought in March, but it's still a deficit. So every um, committee, whether it be an appropriations committee or a policy committee, has to take into consideration the fact that we're not going to have mm. um, a lot of money available so we're going to have to uh, be smart with the policy that we create and the budget items that we are funding. Now, it's probably not as great, uh, the budget deficit, because uh, we should have received some money for the federal government. Do we have an idea about how much money that is, and it's, is it still coming? Well, we, ha- we, do have, we still have uh, money from the CARES Act that we're waiting to be released, um, and, and I can't remember how much that is. Uh, one of the reasons, frankly, that our... Our deficit is not as great is because uh, the governor uh, has resisted closing the state. Right. And so we, we still are having um, businesses are open. They're not making as much right. as they were in the past. Uh, but so the sales tax revenue is coming in. Again, not as great as last year, uh, but it's better than nothing. Um, and uh, then there are other... Um, uh, you know, other things that the governor has done that, you know, uh, some people have been upset by it, but keeping the state open has been our savior. Some states that are closed are, are suffering terribly. Yeah, I, I would imagine. Well, I, the other thing, too, is we're more dependent on real estate taxes, I think, than some states. Uh, we don't have an income tax, and the, but, you know, basically we're getting revenue based on va- uh, values that were uh, created a couple years ago or last year, you know, the uh, the appraisal process. So, Right, right. As of January 1st uh, the, of this this year, uh, the tax bills that come out in November will be based on that valuation. Um, and, that, and, and interestingly enough, because our real estate market is so robust right now, uh, many people are moving to Florida in, in droves, actually, because of our climate um, compared to up north and, and the feeling that it is safer from the pandemic yeah. so people are coming down to florida to actually live um so that's that'll that'll also show up in the uh, um appraisal uh, property appraisal valuations of, of right. real estate yeah and it's kind of interesting too i read that uh, one guy sold his condo for 12 million dollars less than its appraised value uh up in new york city and uh, wow. I think he's coming down here. But the point is that they, they're selling properties right now are going for a third less than uh, appraisals just a couple of years ago in New York City. And, of course, right. it's really pushing the market up here, and, but, and which just brings out the whole case. This um, Do we have any idea what's going to happen as a result of the census and what's going to happen with gerrymandering and uh, the number of representatives and so far, so forth? Well, uh, it's clear that the population of Florida has increased over the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. We were 
uh, at 20 million 10 years ago, just under 20, like 19-something. Mm-hmm. And we anticipate it'll come out more like 22 million, maybe more. Uh, the census has not been released yet. I don't even think it's finished. But I think there's, kind of a, there's an issue in, in Washington. But uh, with that increase in population, we will probably pick up um, one or two congressional seats. Mm-hmm. Um, and the population has moved. So uh, it, coming this, uh, this summer and all of next year, before the 2022 election, the, um, the legislature will be redrawing the maps based upon the population uh, changes and increases. And uh, the, you know, because we uh, have you know, strict um, uh, judicial watch, if you will, on, on our process, uh, the president has made it very clear, the, uh, the Senate President uh, Simpson and the Speaker Sprouse have made it very clear that they're going to you know, follow the law and, uh, you know, the issue of gerrymandering, gerrymandering should not come up uh, because we're going to do yeah. it right. I'm sorry. I and, used gerrymandering. I should have used redistricting. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and so there's – and there's – the populations have shifted a little bit. The uh, middle of the state, Orlando area, has exploded in population. Yeah. Um, particularly uh, the Puerto Rican communities. A lot of people came from Puerto Rico and they settled in Orlando. Um and so that area has seen a wide growth. The cities have continued to grow, like Miami-Dade, Tampa, yeah. Jacksonville. Um, Collier County uh, population has grown. So the, the Senate and House district numbers um, are, are not numbers, but, the, you know, you take the population of the state and you divide it evenly among the, ha- the House and the Senate uh-huh. are numbers of districts like um, there going to be no there'll be no change in senators. So we're going to have forty senators. It's just that my district boundaries will change, and most everyone's will based upon the population, because we eat, we all have to represent an equal number of people. Yeah. Right now, I represent five hundred thousand people. That number will go up, and it's going to be where they're located, and that'll happen all over the state. Uh, the biggest moves will probably be in the house because they're smaller districts in size. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if Florida picked up three new U.S. representatives as a result of all the changes. I don't know what the yeah. U.S. Uh, population, what it's done in the last 10 years, but has it grown uh, by 10%? I don't think so. I, yeah, I don't, you know, that's a really good question. I haven't really focused on the, the U.S. population. I, I do know that, you know, we a lot of people have moved to Florida from northern states yeah. uh, for two reasons, as they tell us. One, because of the climate, and two, because of um, uh, the fact that we don't have an income tax and because the quality, you know, the, the, the cost of living is lower in Florida. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we've had this conversation before. We have a lot of very liberal uh, thought. Uh, thinkers, rather, who are coming to Florida to escape the high taxes up north. First thing they do when they come here is say, you're not spending enough money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need to do a rail system or something, anyhow. <laughs> Kathleen, yeah. I know you're up in Tallahassee and busy as heck. I just really appreciate you taking time with us today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, and have a great day. You as well. Thank you. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Boo Mortensen. We'll find out what's new with Boo. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden uh, Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network.
Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Lyndon and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice are the popular Eden Bar, the Intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Shore Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards and providing unique educational opportunities to folks in a spirit of service, adventure, and excitement. Over the past 15 years, the Playhouse has expanded immensely, outgrowing its current facilities. With dreams of expanding even further in order to better serve the community, broaden the economic impact, and strengthen the cultural fabric of our region, it's time to build and move into a new home. A 44,000 square foot state-of-the-art theater and education center will be built on three acres at the corner of First Avenue South and Goodlett Frank Road, allowing Gulf Shore Playhouse to achieve those dreams. To find out more about Gulf Shore Playhouse, this state-of-the-art performing arts center, and about the season's exciting productions, visit golfshoreplayhouse.org. That's golfshoreplayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. One of the programs they have is creating, uh, helping people get off welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative. And you can find out more by visiting thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, it's time to find out what's new with Boo right here on the Paradise Coast. Boo Mortensen, thank you so much for joining us. Well, it's my pleasure. And I have to say that with all of this coronavirus stuff, that I think that a portion of the stay-at-home economy is here to stay, Mm -hmm. like with telemedicine. Have you had a telemedicine appointment? You bet. And I tell you what, and I think it's a major breakthrough in terms, why would you go to the doctor for, you know, sometimes you wait there in a waiting room for 45 minutes and you go see the doctor. Something you could have handled on the phone in five minutes. I agree. And you think, why didn't we do this earlier? Yeah. Well, <clears throat> because I, it's so simple. But I think that the, the telemedicine is one. I think more and more people are going to get, you know, right now, since this pandemic started, people buying groceries or ordering groceries online has jumped mm-hmm. 469%. Oh, wow. I had no idea. Holy moly. It is, <clears throat> and, and you know, and I love Amazon, and so you know, I always follow what Amazon is doing. They just spent $30 billion on capital expenditures to uh, most of it focused on e-commerce and delivery, as, long, as well as Walmart and Target. Uh-huh. These people are turning their stores into fulfillment centers That's for amazing. delivery. 
So I'm, I'm curious. Big deal. Uh, yeah. Do you uh, do you order your groceries online? No, I don't. But I will tell you, I had uh, my kids here for Thanksgiving, <clears throat> hmm. and they have little kids. So you know, they have the yogurt and all the things that little kids like. They didn't think twice about it. They called on the way over, driving over here from Fort Lauderdale, and by the time they got here, the groceries had all been delivered. Wow. And I, ne- I mean, it was very cool. I mean, if you're very specific about what you want, you get exactly what you want. I don't do that. I'm old-fashioned. I have to go in the store and look at it. Well, and, They and, don't. And you know what? That's what uh, Linda does, too. My wife uh, goes into, on Saturday is shopping day, so she goes three different places, Whole Foods, Publix, and... I think it's Publix and, uh, and of course, Seed to Table. You've been to Seed to Table? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's a fact. Well, Only once. Well, sh- she said it's the highlight of her shopping day, but the point is it takes a lot of time and effort uh, for her to do that. Makes me wonder about the, if, can the same thing be done online? Of course. Really? Yeah. You just, they, they call it in. I've watched them do it. They do it all the time. Wow. Now, they'll go in and go grocery shopping and get produce and meat or whatever they're buying. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, nope, they use, I don't even, Instacart. It's called Instacart. But what also struck, you know, now in these crazy days, everybody, you know, a million used to be a big deal. A million dollars, a millionaire, a multimillionaire. Now that's chump change. Now the new word is a billion here, a billion there. I just said that Amazon was going to spend $30 billion. Yeah. Well, if you change a billion into seconds, minutes, and hours, let me give you a comparison. Mm-hmm. A billion seconds ago, it was 1959. A billion minutes ago, Jesus was alive. Wow. A billion hours ago, our ancestors were living in the Stone Age. And a billion days ago, no one walked on the earth on two feet. That's am- those are amazing statistics, but when you hate to think about what a trillion would be. A trillion seconds is probably back to the time of, uh, of uh, when Jesus walked on the earth. Well, I know. And, and everybody is like, oh, we want a billion dollars here. We want a billion dollars there. You know, it's a staggering amount. Yeah. Guess who became the second richest uh, person on the planet? Well, Bezos is number one, right? Uh, I would guess so. I think it uh, the second, though, I just read. Is uh, Musk? Uh, no, Elon Musk. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, that's what I would think. Yeah, well, that's amazing to me. Uh, he's, he's done a good job of <laughs> getting resources from the federal government, so and he's done amazing things. I don't mean to disparage his accomplishments, because he really, you know, he has done a great job, and he's built... Uh, he's built jobs. He's built a business for many people benefit from what he's accomplished. You, by the way, do you drive one of his cars? No, and I'll tell you why. Because I'm such a flake. <laughs> if it is going to happen to anybody, it will happen to me. The battery will die, and I will be on the middle of Alligator Alley. And you just know that's going to happen. Oh, my goodness. Well, people that own those cars just absolutely love them and swear by them. They say it's the best car they've ever had. So. I'm do not, you have one? I do not. No, I'm a, I'm one of those people that hangs on to a car forever. And I've got a hybrid. It's got a big battery in it, and I love the car because it's. I don't like the speed, but it's quick. It has tremendous acceleration. So I've I've got a car that I bought in 2007. It's still driving. 
Well, I know. I, I, I think they're cool. I, there's a lot to be said for them. I think they're wonderful. You know, and he's really, you know, as my grandmother would say, he's a young whippersnapper. Yeah. He's a young guy. Yes, he is. He's, it's just amazing what he's accomplished. Did you hear what he named his kid? Battery? No, he named his kid something like 2YXZD. You know, I mean, it's all these letters and numbers. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Poor kid. He's a different. He, he 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 walks marches to the beat of a different drummer. I'll say that he's uh, quite a yes, guy. Yes, he does. Quite a guy. So, with all this confusion in politics going on, um, what what is what do you think Pence going to do now? Nobody talks about what his future is. Mm-hmm. Well, I think he's going to serve as vice president of the United States for four more years. <laughs> Why are you laughing, Boo? <laughs> you know what? I am I am not surprised that you would say that, Bob. Yeah, I know. But... I am not surprised. You know, for <laughs> you're the eternal optimist, but um I don't you know, I think it's gonna take a miracle for this to happen. I've kind of moved on. Have you? Well, you know, t- this is a big week. The next couple of days uh, is gonna tell a lot about what's gonna happen going forward, but uh I mean, there's clear proof there's been tremendous and systemic fraud with regard to this election. The question is, who's going to pick on, put on their big boy pants and face up to the fact and do something about it? We've got an important case that's going to the Supreme Court. In fact, today, uh, Alito is going to be hearing the case in Pennsylvania. There's another case that's going to go to the Supreme Court from Texas. So, uh, you know, there's a, a, a lot of things going on right now, but uh, the question is, uh, you know, the Proof of fraud is clear. Will somebody mm-hmm. do something about it? That's the question. Well, I think it has to go to the Supreme Court, don't you? I don't think the states are going to overrule anything, overturn anything. Well, it, I think, you know, it, it, uh, I'm sad to say this, but, but you know, the state legislators actually have the power to overturn uh, the uh, election results, or not to overturn them, but claim that they're not uh, accurate and uh, assign the delegates or or actually dispute the delegates and say they're, we're, we're not going to have any delegates to the uh, Electoral College. They can do that as well. So there's a lot of possibilities, and uh, I certainly haven't given up because I think, I think the, the question is, will we have justice in the United States? The question is, that's the question in my mind. Well, as I said, it's in, there are interesting times. I guess stay tuned. There's no guarantee what we're going to get. I don't know. I mean, I'm so fatigued with the whole thing. It's it's just I've rolled over. Yeah. I'm, I've totally wimped out. Totally. Well, I tell you, you're, you're not alone. I certainly understand that. But uh, uh, keep the faith for at least another week. All right. <laughs> I will be inspired by um, by you. All right, Boo. Always appreciate your commentary here in the show. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. All right. Have a great week. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, Seat Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
Do you or a family member suffer from chronic pain in your knees, hips, or shoulders? Joint pain can be a nagging and serious problem requiring expert and compassionate care. I know I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. Until 2006, I was suffering debilitating pain and deformity in my knees. I couldn't enjoy biking or golf or even sleep without chronic pain as a constant companion. Thanks to Dr. George Markovich and the professional staff at the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, my pain is gone, and I'm back to doing the activities I enjoy with no pain. I have a lifestyle I can only imagine. Imagine prior to knee surgery, and you can too. Call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. They will thoroughly evaluate your condition, provide personalized, state-of-the-art treatment, and help you relieve your pain and get back to your active lifestyle. At the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, your care will be professionally managed through every phase of your recovery. For an initial consultation, call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, located off Tamiami Trail in Bonita Springs, at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. You listen to The Bob Harden Show, so why not market your company to our loyal listeners? Ads are played live on each show and then archived so listeners can hear the show and your ad at their convenience. Each advertising package includes a banner on BobHarden.com with a link to your website at no extra charge. Join Lulabee's Diner, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, and many others who advertise on the show. Call me at 598-3889, that's 598-3889, or send an email to BobHarden at Hotmail.com to design an ad program that's just right for your business and your budget. You'll be pleasantly surprised at the cost and the value. Several advertisers have been with me for years. Find out why by calling 598-389 or send me an email to bobharden at hotmail.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. Hey, I want to do a little shout out to Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center. Crappy Shopping Center is going under renovation right now, but uh, they have great dining, great food, uh, great breakfast and lunch at Lulabee's Diner, and they have Uber Eats, so you can get takeout there as well. Uh, check out Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Linda Hart, my wife. We're going to be talking about some of the things that are going on on the Paradise Coast and nationally. Right now, we have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, hello, sir. How are you? Oh, good, good. So you wrote this column about the astounding, one thing that astoundingly got twice as good during the titanically stupid government <laughs> lockdown. <laughs> Maybe you can tell us about it. Well, you know, obviously, we've, you know, we've killed... At least 40 million jobs. That that number was from September, October, so it's probably more than that now because we've gone into another round of lockdowns. Um, and the longer it goes, of course, the the more businesses, small businesses, become to the lack of you know revenue, lack of income. And so while this is all going on, we were all forced to sit at home. And meanwhile, while 40 plus million Americans were being you know jobbed out of work. Uh, the the big tech companies got huge because that's all we had time. That's all we were allowed to do is surf the web. Mm. Um, you know, uh, Zuckerberg's gone up. You know, forty billion dollars, fifty billion dollars in personal net worth. Um, Zuckerberg's gone up over thirty billion dollars in personal net worth. Of course, uh, Bezos is Amazon. Zuckerberg is Facebook. Um, Keep, the, keep all this in mind, by the way, when Facebook or Twitter or one of these so big tech sites 
take down a story showing that the lockdowns are stupid. Yeah. Because they want the lockdowns to continue because they make more money. Right. We're stuck at home surfing the web. Right. So what, what's, what, what's, what impressed me from when the very beginning of the lockdowns, I said, okay, everyone's going to be forced home. Everyone's going to be forced online. I think our private sector internet service providers have built up a network that will withstand the surge in use. And m- many, many in the, in the, you know, the media, the tech media, in other words, oh, my gosh, so, you know, the, Oh, this could be a, this is a stress test for the for the internet network. So I yeah. said, no, it's not. I mean, it is, but I think we'll be fine. And sure enough, we were, we were fine. And within a week or two, a week of the lockdown starting in Europe, they had to contact all the video companies and say, oh, you got to you got to switch from high def to standard definition on all your videos, really, because our networks can't handle it. Well, wow. what's the difference between theirs and ours? They have a bunch of different gov- additional government regulations on it. Yeah. Uh, net neutrality, um, a, a bunch of other stupid regulations that, that exist uh, in Europe that don't exist here. Well, we just came to find out that not only did our net- networks not collapse in a smoldering heap, speeds doubled yeah. in 2020. Yeah. Amazing. So while we're overusing in a, in a capacity we've never u- used the Internet before, in 2020, not only did they maintain connection for everybody and 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 withstand the surge, they doubled speed yeah. during, the, during the which speaks not only to their amazing capacity that they'd already built, but to the fact that because of the Trump administration rolling back net neutrality from Obama. Uh, from deregulating a bunch of other things, a, a lot of local government things that are really imped- the unspoken impediments to internet uh, sustainability and expansion. You know, you go to a local government and you have to pay them to attach to poles and to dig trenches and connect connect their citizens, and then they shake them down for all sorts of additional. Hey, give the government free internet and free uh, yeah. uh, to television. So all of these things are going on. Trump rolled them back, uh, the private, which made room for the private sector to ad- invest additionally. And lo and behold, during the worst, you know, test of the internet since the start of the internet, we doubled speed. Yeah, that's so so important. And, and, and most importantly, the government is not involved with this entire process. If you can imagine, you know, I'm sure they, and I'm sure if in fact we had a Biden administration, you're going to see net neutrality and all kinds of things gumming up the internet. Well, again, again, if, you know, the, the old joke about government regulation is, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. What about the private sector internet as currently constituted is crying out for fixing? Yeah, that's right. I, 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 can't, I can't think of anything. Um, you know, the, the only thing they can point to at this point is the, you know, some of the rural areas of America not getting connected. And as I wrote a week or so ago, Government is hurts them most. You know, there's the little Comcast won't go into rural Southwest Missouri, so this other company did. This little company that has 4,200 and some customers, and they're the ones that can't afford net neutrality. I mean, Comcast doesn't want net neutrality, but it's a pain in the ass they can afford. Yeah, this mom and pop shop broadband provider who's doing what we want to do. Let's connect the rural areas. 
they're the ones that can't afford the bigger government. Right. So, yeah, there's no, there's no justification for any additional government. And in fact, what we've seen the last three and a half years is a justification for further rollbacks where we can find them. Hey, Seton, uh, speaking of which, just a little bit off topic, but Agent yep. Pai, uh, the head of the FCC, Federal Communications Commission, is, yes. is going to send in his resignation on January the 20th. That's a little frightening. What are your thoughts? Well, it's a tradition at the FCC that when, when, the, when the, pre, the, the, the makeup of the FCC, it's five voting commissioners, one of whom is, a, is the chairman. Yeah. And it's three to two in favor of the president's party. Mm-hmm. So when there's a switch in party, it's, it's, it's customary and has been tradition for the chairman to step down. Because it's kind of, you know, you don't want to be demoted from chairman to commissioner after you served as chairman. Right. And it's got to go from 3-2 Republican to 3-2 Democrat. So I don't want him to go, but his tenure has been fabulous. And by the way, I, I was asking his staffers, I said, can he rescind his resignation if Trump wins the, you know, if Trump ends up winning the election? Uh, apparently, Pi has been planning this regardless of who won the election. Uh-huh. It's a grueling gig. It's a, it's a tough job being chairman. I mean, you, do, you don't think it is, but he's trying. Seton, are you there? Web. Are you are you there? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, that's fine. Good. Okay, sorry. Um, you know, it's, it's a grueling gig, and he was going to resign regardless um, because he's, you know, he's tired. He, you know, it's a World Wide Web, so he travels all the time. He's all over the world at all these, you know, these global Internet conferences and all these things. So it's a tough job. He's going to resign anyway. And if it goes to a Biden administration, it's going to be 3-2 Democrat. He, you know, the, the, there's one Republican that's going to be there, Brendan Carr. Another one, Mike O'Reilly's term ends at the end of this year. I think this week McConnell in the Senate, the Senate Majority Leader, is going to move the uh, nomination to confirmation of Mike O'Reilly's replacement, and that'll be the two Republicans. And then there'll be the two Democrats that are currently on the on the commit on the commission, and Biden will appoint somebody uh, either to be chairman or promote one of the two to be chairman and appoint someone else as commissioner. Yeah. So this, this is a normal order of things. It's, it's it, he's been a fabulous chairman. But he was going to retire regardless of, of what happened in the election. Yeah, you know, when things are going smoothly like they are with the Internet right now, we're, we kind of take it for granted. But we, you know, when things change like this, uh, we're talking about the Internet, we're talking I, about public schools, we're talking about so many things that will be impacted uh, by a change. Well, you, know, I, you know what, you know, you know what, uh, now this is, the, the election is incomparable because I firmly believe this one was stolen. Yep. But... Trump, in the midst of his success, getting you know pulled out of office early, reminds me of Churchill losing the election after w- winning World War II. Yeah, I mean, I think it's that substantial what Trump accomplished to then have to lose his office. Now, this is through nefarious means. For whatever reason, the British people chose not to reelect right. Churchill. But um, but you know. It, it, it's been that successful. He, Trump has been that successful and created so, you know, we seem to do this. We elect, we elect Democrats, they screw things up, so we re- elect Republicans, Republicans fix things, right. people forget what, how broken things <laughs> were, then they elect a Democrat again. It's unbelievable. It's, it is. H.L. Mencken one time said, uh, if, uh, if you're going to put pl- trust in the American people, just remember the majority of the American people voted for uh, William G. Har- Harding. So, <laughs> yeah. well, as, as, Warren G. As, Harding, yeah. Well, 
as George, as George Carlin said, think of all your friends and think of the, 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 the um, you know, he said, think, think of the dumbest person you know. Half of America is dumber than that. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Okay, Seton, I just genuinely appreciate your commentary. Uh, you can visit lessgovernment.org on the Internet and, of course, Facebook as well. Seton, always and appreciate your... Facebook kicks me off. Yes. Oh, oh they did? Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much no, no, for doing... No, no, not yet, but they, but they, they have uh, substantially manipulated my traffic. Yes. Uh, uh, darn it. Seton, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, sir. My pleasure. Coming up, we're going to be visiting uh, with my wife, Linda Harden. I look forward to the conversation. She knows a lot about what's going on. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity? Maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website NADC kids.com you'll be glad you did welcome back to the bob harden show and now here's your host bob harden thanks so much for joining us here on the show it's brought to you in part by golf shore playhouse bringing you professional new york style theater at its very best and a lot of a lot going on building a new performing arts center in downtown naples visit golf shore playhouse golfshoreplayhouse.org. We have with us my lovely wife, Linda Harden. She writes, Greetings from Paradise. Very informative information about what's happening on the Paradise Coast. You can find her information on uh, oh, Greetings from Paradise on my website. Linda, thanks for joining us here on the show. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm a little hoarse. I don't know why. Well. A um, couple things before we get to big topics, because um, you talked about my Greetings from Paradise. I haven't written one for a while, but I'm going to have to get my act together and, and do it because there are some, some things coming up. Mm. Uh, the Naples uh, Beach Hotel is just about to uh, change hands to go to that uh, Athens group. So mm-hmm. lots of things are going to be happening there very soon. That's going to be a, a, a good thing, I think. Very good thing. And then uh, if people haven't driven by there yet. The Third Street Plaza is in total rubble. Yeah, and it has been in rubble for a while. I don't know what they're going to do with all that, all that uh, broken up cement and and. Yeah, they need to get that out of there. It's very unsightly. Yeah, it's very unsightly. And then uh, uh, at Waterside Shops, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, Hermes, the French luxury dealer, is going to come back to Waterside. Uh, it left sadly a few years ago, and now it's coming back to a bigger space. They say. 5,000 square feet, which is going to be amazing, and I'm trying to figure out where it's going to go. I have some hints about where it might go, but um, a lot of people are going to be really happy that that 
great stores coming back. I don't know if you remember, but mm. when we lived in Boston, we had an Hermes store right I do. right downstairs from us. Yeah, which which costs you money. Yeah, lots of ties. I always <laughs> went in there to see if I could find one on sale. Exactly. <laughs> and so you know, the, good information going on. We'll look for another edition of Greetings from Paradise. But in the meantime, this is a big, big week for people who are concerned and, and hopeful that the president will continue into the second term. I have a feeling today is going to be a really big day in Pennsylvania because uh, Justice Alito has said that that um, Pennsylvania needs to make a decision on what they're going to do about uh, this particular case that uh, Representative Mike Kelly filed and, and Sean Parnell filed. Um, that's supposed to be out this morning. Mm -hmm. And then um, uh, I can't remember that, that colonel's name, but remember he's this, a senator for the... For the um, Pennsylvania legislature. He, mm -hmm. he was made. I forgot famous. his name too. I yeah. know it's like Dan Mastriano. I think that's. Yeah, but that's he's, he's a, while, while, he's a real stand up guy. And I would expect that he could, uh, he could be a leader there and, and create something good for Pennsylvania. Well, he's been on Twitter saying, I'm not, I'm just not going to sit on my hands and do nothing. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm going to help the, the people's voices to be heard. So that Pennsylvania is going to be something definitely to watch today. Mm -hmm. And then Texas filed a case that has to go to the Supreme court. Uh, they, they're basically suing uh, uh, the results in uh, these uh, swing Tex stakes. Not Texas. Yeah, Texas. Texas? Uh, Texas, this is a case that just came out yesterday. They filed, wow. filed it yesterday. This, they're, they're using the Constitution to show that it's actually the first. They don't, they're not going to go up the chain of federal courts. They're going right to the Supreme Court on this and, and saying that, hey, our voters' uh, votes have been compromised because of the illicit behavior that's been going on in these other swing stakes. I don't know if it's going to have standing and how it's going to do, but that, so that's another case that's just happening. And then we have, you know, things that are going on in Arizona, Wisconsin. Arizona, Georgia. Yeah. Georgia, Georgia's really going to be interesting, too, because of um, Brian, uh, Governor Brian Kemp, who's just hiding in his basement. Yeah. Maybe Joe Biden's down there with him. I don't know, but, but he's hiding in his basement. He's, he's turned off his email so, because people have been calling, emailing him be, to, to get off his hands and... And call for a special yeah, session, he's, session he's, of the legislature. It makes me wonder, you know, there's, of course, always money in politics and all this uh, Dominion software and everything like that. kind of makes me wonder if China and Dominion and these other companies might have uh, greased the palms of some of these politicians and, and silenced them in a way. They're not stepping up, stepping up and doing their jobs. Well, that brings us to what Tucker Carlson had on his show last night. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but my jaw dropped when I watched that video that Tucker had about those Chinese almost making fun of us, and, and, and the only thing that's standing in the way of China just having its way with the United States even more is Donald Trump. It's true, and uh, you listen to the conciliatory attitude. Apparently, uh, Joe Biden and a bunch of news people went to some sort of a uh, conference uh, with China, and, uh, which basically is putting them in a position to promote China's growth in, as a world superpower, and quite frankly, we can't afford a Biden uh, administration. No, and uh, just to, to bring the conversation around real quick to social media, you know I'm on Twitter mm -hmm. all the time. Uh, what's happening on Twitter is really, really interesting because mm. uh, uh, Jack Dorsey, who's the, who's the CEO of, of Twitter, is trying to censor conservative voices at warp speed. The interesting thing about that is that he can't do it fast enough because where one digital soldier um, falls, where he t where he censors somebody, another one comes up, and they're breaking news like crazy. Someone uh, uh, has exposed 
that if you put Twitter and children in, a, in your um, web browser, it comes up that Twitter is allowing all these um, uh, pedophilia pictures on. And, and that brings us to that section 230 that, that Trump wants to get rid of mm-hmm. that allows Twitter to do what, and, and Facebook to do whatever the heck they want. We should get rid of Section 230. I did bring that up with Seton Motley earlier in the show because he's been a champion of that. But uh, Section 230, I'm sure it was created with uh, uh, good thoughts in mind. Now, let's not hold people uh, accountable if they're going to build a website for, if they just use it as a platform for information. But they're not. They're using it. They're censoring. They're doing, they're making, they are having a major effect on, for example, our election results. They should have no special uh, support or no special Section 230 uh, uh, because it's just not working. It's working to our disadvantage as a s- society. Um, another another interesting point about social media is that I think I sent you that video of, of Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and, and that, oh, yeah. that, that other guy talking about the vaccines that Bill Gates wants is playing around with. And I posted that on Facebook, and I couldn't. I was waiting for Facebook to take it down. They didn't, which was shocking. And I got responses on Facebook saying, Holy cow, I'm shocked that Facebook didn't take this down. I'm so glad they didn't because it got the word out about these vaccines and the damage mm-hmm. that they can do, which is it's just horrific. So uh, yeah, don't take it on our word. Quite frankly, uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is the chairman of the Children's Health Defense. Very credible guy, very smart guy. Oh, there's so many videos on YouTube of, of him talking yeah. about this. And so, I mean, each of us needs to take responsibility for our own health. And uh, right now, people are clamoring for vaccines. What I hear is about 30 to 50% of the people in the United States don't want to use the vaccine or are very suspicious about it. That would be me. Yeah, well, I'm telling you, everybody needs to do their own research and make their own personal decision because there could be side effects, quote-unquote side effects from these vaccines. Well, well, your point is so important because people um, just just say, well, well, if if these certain handful of doctors say it's good for me, I'll just go ahead and take it. Doing your own research is essential. Right. Find out what's in the vaccine that they're putting in your arm before you let them put it in your arm. Yeah, absolutely. Because, uh, you know, again, back to uh, the the, vi- the uh, virus, you take a look at the death rates of the various age cohorts, it's about like the flu, quite frankly. And well, Hey, by the way, what's happened to the flu? We don't see any results about flu. Makes me wonder if they're not just being grouped together with the virus and uh, making the numbers grow. Everything's being grouped together with the virus. If you sneeze, they're going to give you a, a positive COVID. <laughs> Absolutely. Response. Well, you could tell that both Linda and I are a little bit suspicious of uh, government authority, especially public health officials. So, And I think you should, too. We should all be looking at what's happening, look for alternative information. Again, I'm just going to cite Robert F. Kennedy, Jr., chairman of the Children's Health Defense. Read his stuff. It will shock you about vaccines. Absolutely. Linda, I just genuinely appreciate you coming on the show today. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. Have a great day. Well, I hope to spend a lot of it with you. Thank you so much, Linda. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Tomorrow, we're going to visit with Bob Levy. He's the chairman of the Cato Institute. We'll visit with uh, Professor Andy Joppa. He's the author of Josephus of Oz. And Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in Space Architecture, and author of many books, his latest, How Everything Happened, Including Us. Always appreciate your comments on the show. If you want to send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com, bobharden at hotmail.com. I'll also put you on the newsletter if you request it as well. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Namaste.
so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>